Welcome to episode four of the Ultra Ordinary Running Podcast. We are ordinary runners embarking on a journey to our first 100-mile race together at the Havelina 100 in October. I'm Christina, and always joined by Angela and Melissa. Hello. Hi, Christina. Hello, and I always give the you know the number of days until race day. And as of today's recording, we have 295 days, um, give or take, until race day. And it just seems like that day is just getting, I mean, closer and closer. Yeah, it is. There is something so comforting about scene three. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking that too. I thought, oh, you know, but if it's over 300 days, but yeah, now we're under 300 days. Yeah, wait till we get like 100 days. Then we're really going to start freaking out. Yeah, no freaking out. So as we were coming up with this episode, it became um, pretty apparent that we have three different stages um, going on amongst us. Um, So we have some recovery, we have training, and we have some tapering, which is, I guess, kind of unusual because I think at some point we're all going to have at least one any moment. So um, let's just go ahead and start with Melissa because Melissa just, you know, took part in across the years. So Melissa, let's, let's get a feedback on, on how your recovery is going. Like, how are you feeling at this point? Um, I feel remarkably good, which is not at all what I was expecting after running a hundred miles. Like <laughs> I have recovered better from this race than almost any race I have ever run. So I'm pleasantly surprised. You know, after my last ultra, I was injured and couldn't run for about eight weeks. Uh, This week, I went running again on Wednesday, the Wednesday after Friday and Saturday's 100 miler. So my body's coming back pretty quickly. Um, My mind has not returned as quickly. I'm still just like, (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't super productive with work this week, but... You know, by Thursday and Friday, I was kind of able to get some stuff done. But um, yeah, no injuries. My legs still feel kind of tired, uh, but overall pretty good. Um, Rob, let's is get actually- back. Oh no, go oh. ahead. No, well, I was just going to ask you if, like, what were you doing? Like, did you do anything differently between you know from the last race and then this one? I think that walking the last 20 miles of this race really helped my legs. I don't, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. I was really, really sore right after the race, like <laughs> almost in tears. And my, my quads started hurting at across the years at mile 12 and it just got worse and worse and worse throughout the race. But I knew it wasn't like this is an injury kind of feeling. I knew it was just sore muscles so that I could keep going through it. But I think, yeah, I did a lot of walking at the end, whether that was planned or unplanned. I'm not sure, but I was able to bounce back uh, pretty quickly. Um, Rob has been, he's been sick ever since the race. So this is like nine days going on that he's been sick, which is unheard of for him. He never gets sick. Uh, And I have kind of, if you hear me sounding a little bit snuffly now. I've kind of picked that up from him a little bit. So I don't know if it's going to, I'm going to get as sick as he's been, or if I'm just going to kind of keep it. uh, But did you do anything like, um, you know, foam rolling or stretching? Did you, were you eating anything differently that, you know, might've helped with, 
with inflammation or anything like that? Um, I ate a lot of barbecue potato chips. That was what sounded good to me. <laughs> I state. Not necessarily proud of that, but I, I, I ate pretty well. I have to say after most ultras, um, I am curled up in the fetal position, throwing up into a bucket for about 12 hours, wishing that I could just die. Like that's how horrible oh, I feel after this ultra. I was a little bit queasy, um, which is great. <laughs> all things considered. And I kept up with eating and drinking Pretty much. I think the fueling had to make a big difference for you because I, I mean, I remember you talking about how you felt after the bear chase and how yeah. sick you were after that. And, but you ate so much and I just think fueling has to have a big part of that. Absolutely. You're right. And that's, that would probably be the takeaway message. The thing I learned from across the years is my problems that I've had in previous ultras are nutrition. Like I just, you know, when the aid stations are five or more miles apart, um, and I've never been really good at able, being able to eat those gels and shop blocks and things like that. And I just get so depleted. Um, and, and across the years, I think that's why it works so well for me. I took a bite of real food, fruits and whatever they had out every mile. So it does kind of make me really scared for any other kind of long race like this, where I know I'm not going to have that. Cause I think that's what enabled me to get through across the years and to do it without getting super sick afterwards. Right. Um, so I'm, I'll have to work on figuring that yeah. out, but yeah, I was worried about, you know, for both Rob and me, we got in the car and drove for two, two solid days yeah. practically to get back home. Um, and that actually, he was saying that hurt his hip flexors. His hip flexors had been pretty sore after the race and just sitting in that position, whether he was driving or in the passenger seat was not a good position <laughs> to be in. Um, but we, you know, we stopped a couple of times. Our trip took us a little bit longer than most people would probably take. Cause we stopped a few times, um, you know, at just various lookout points or things on the way home and got out and walked just a little bit. So maybe that helped. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, then by the time we were home by Monday, I was taking walks at least like a couple miles every day. And then by Wednesday running again. So I, I can't believe it. I really can't believe it. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I would be injured or sick or something, but I feel pretty good. We got hammered with another snowstorm. Uh, as I was telling you guys before we started recording, we have had snow since Thanksgiving here and I'm about at my wits end of it. I did most of my training for across the years, at least my long runs in pretty deep snow. I don't know how much we got on Friday, um, but I would say it's at least eight inches and I tried to go running in it and I just... Probably the, the high point of my week, let's say, was on Wednesday before we had the snow um, and I was able to run and everything felt happy. And then my low point was on Friday when I tried to run again through eight inches of snow and then it was icy underneath that. And I was just, I was in a pretty bad mood, I have to say about that. So, <laughs> And you didn't feel any soreness on Wednesday? You know, I was a little bit sore. My... Um, 
so I have this kind of chronic injury in my left calf. Um, and it thankfully did not bother me much. It really it didn't bother me at all during the race. Um, but I think I've adopted kind of this weird gait to favor that injury. And so I end up putting more strain on my right quad. Like I'm, you know, trying to, to baby my left calf and I end up putting more strain on my right quad. So my right quad definitely did feel a little bit sore and I felt it. I ran about three miles on Wednesday, um, really slow, really easy. And definitely my quads did feel it. My legs kind of felt like, um, I don't know if you guys, when you were little, did you ever play this game where somebody would stand on either side of you and hold your arms in really tight and you'd be <laughs> like pressing your arms against them and then they'd at some point let go and your arms would just float up and it would feel yeah. so weird. Did people, yeah. other people do that? Yeah, we did that. Yeah. Um, we should try that at Havelina. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's kind of how my legs felt. Like they weren't really sore. It was maybe just tiredness and kind of this weird, airy feeling to them. So I guess that's kind of the state where I'm at now. Okay. Okay. So what are you looking – are you looking at doing more runs this week? I would like to. Um, the It's just not conducive. I mean, the the cold weather is one thing. You can just bundle up. But when there is ice on the ground and – eight inches of snow that then people have walked through and biked through and it gets all crunchy and ankle busting. And, um, I mean, I'm definitely going to try, I'm going to find somewhere to run. I'm going to try, uh, but still keep it at a pretty low level, I'd say. Okay. Okay. So you're feeling pretty good. I am surprisingly. (laughs) I know. I can. I can like see your smile on your yeah, face yeah. when you say that, <laughs> Melissa. Like she, she's just genuinely so happy that she feels so good. Uh, yeah, Maybe. I really uh, was not expecting this. I had no idea what was going to happen to me after. Maybe, maybe you're just more equipped to run. You know, twenty four hours maybe. as opposed to shorter distances. That must be it. I just hadn't ever you know, reached that point yet. But I, I do think like probably walking all the walking that I did at the end, I mean, it was basically like a cool down, right? So <laughs> maybe that helped. I don't know. So we'll see. Good. 20 mile cool down. I just, I think that's a great, you know, I mean, I think other than, I mean, really other than well, nobody, nobody out there that did the hundred miles ran the entire hundred miles. Nobody, everybody walked. Mm-hmm. I think so. I don't know. There yeah. was there was a the woman the overall winner was a woman and I think she ran 127 miles. Now the cool thing about across the years, I don't think we mentioned this this time, the the for the 24-hour race, the top 2 were women. Nice. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Overall, top 2. Unless I'm wrong. I mean, I maybe double check it, but I'm pretty sure the top 2 were women and then uh Rob was the what was he? I think he was the second place male, but there were a couple of women ahead of him. Wow. Yay. I was not one of them, but <laughs> I saw next, them many times. Next year, next year or this year, we can be one, two, three. I don't mind being three. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I don't know if I have that in me, but we'll see. So how are well, you guys? November. What? 
Talk to me about that on November 1st. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. How are you doing, Angela? You started training, right? I did. I finally got my training schedule kind of put together. And um, so that was good. I've been at that a couple of weeks. And so I have my nice little check boxes that I can check off, you know, which makes me, I know what I'm going to run in the morning. So I've been getting up in the morning and, and it's amazing because I was having such an attitude about running in the cold because when cold here, unusually cold for where I'm at. And, um, but, but then once I got my training schedule, it was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go out. And I, you know, was getting up at whatever, five o'clock and getting out to get my runs in. So let's, let's talk about this training schedule real quick. Now, okay. do you, um, do you create it yourself? Do you put it like on an Excel spreadsheet? Do you do a document? Is it a book? What do you use? Yeah. Well, I have it in Excel, This and it's the first time I've done this. So I've only had two or my 50K, and I printed it off of, of I, and I don't remember, printed it off of a website <clears throat> that had a 50K training plan. And then my... Um, Mar marathon training plans were either um, I had one that I was working with um, Denny Cray on when I trained for the um, Colfax marathon. Um, he actually put my training plan together for me. So that's really a nice way to do it. If you, you know, have, if you can do it, it was nice having someone else tell you what to do. Um, so this one I did in Excel. Um, and I kind of put it together off of, um, and you, Christina, you know what it is, and I bet you remember the name of it, because you and I ended up looking at the same website, I think. Yeah. Ultra Women or something? Ultra Ladies. Ultra Ladies. Yeah. And they have, um, they have a 100-mile training plan, don't they? Yes. Yeah, yes. they have all distances. I believe it's 50 mile, I think 100K, 100 mile, I, I believe. I can, I can yeah, pull that up. So I yeah. kind of used their website. And then there's another website I used that had like a calculator in it. Um, and so you could go in and put what the date was of your race and what day of the week it was and what the distance was. And it was only up to 50 miles. So I put that in. And so I did the first part of my training schedule off of that and then kind of morphed it with the one from the ultra ladies. And then I modified it knowing that I've got, you know, I went through and, you know, went, okay, I know I've got this on that weekend and this is when, you know, so I would kind of modify what my plan was going to be based on events that I knew were coming up on my calendar. So, hmm. and then the thing I did different this time is I, I wrote in my schedule days that I have strength work. So I have a tab that has my strength workout on it and a tab that has my core workout on it. And then I have it so I could print it off. And then, I, you know, when I do my strength work or my core work, I can write down how long I did stuff, how many reps, how many sets. And so I can keep track of that so I can make sure I'm not, you know, slacking off. Now, do you schedule your runs and your strength and core on the same day, or do you do those separately? Um, on the same day. So I'm giving so, okay. myself Monday is my complete rest day. I mm -hmm. 
there's no, there's nothing on my calendars on Mondays. There's no running, no, the only thing on Monday is foam rolling, which works out mm. good because Biggest Loser has started, which is the only really like TV show that I ever watch. <laughs> and so, so I can foam roll while Biggest Loser is on. So that'll be my, <laughs> that'll be my thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, because I found in training for my last, you know, couple races that I, I know I need to do the strength workouts and I know I need to do the core, but if, but by just like with running, if I don't have it in my schedule, then I'll somehow forget to do it. So I made it part of my schedule this time. Um, so I have strength two days a week and core two days a week. And, um, and then I can always throw in some extra planking, you know, wherever the case may be, but, and I, you know, I kind of moved it around like this last week. I didn't, um, my daughter, my oldest daughter was home for the holidays and she, this was her last week here. And so, you know, I kind of monkeyed my schedule around a little bit and I didn't do my strength on the day I was supposed to. So I did it all on Wednesday. Um, but yeah, so I do them on the same days. Okay. It's really, it's funny that you had said, you know, you, you had already did your schedule for the whole year and I started to work on mine as well. And how we found out was I had mentioned that I was looking at the ultra ladies and Angela had said, oh, that's the one I was looking at. And I mean, that's just, I mean, that to me is just, I mean, we didn't even mention anything to each other no. regarding that. I just thought no. I was just, I was like, what? And that's a heck of a schedule on that, that Ultra Ladies website too, or, or you know, for that training schedule. I I took my training schedule, which is in Excel, and I kind of broke it into tabs. I cut the first twelve weeks out and put it on its own tab because for me to look at all of those weeks all the way leading down, and I look at those oh. you know those last whatever weeks where I'm yeah looking at seventy five and eighty mile weeks and yeah. I'm like, well, I don't even want to go there yet. I just, <laughs> I know that I'll get there gradually. I know that each weekend as I add a couple miles to my long run and, and add a mile to my, you know, midweek long run, you know, that it'll, I'll just all of a sudden I'll be there. Yeah. But if I, I don't want to look at that and then find myself, I don't need to create any anxiety for myself. So I took 12 weeks from the top of the schedule, put it on its own tab and that's, that's what I'm looking at right now. That's what's printed off. That's what everybody in my house knows that I'm working on. And and then I don't have to worry about those big, long weeks to come. Yeah, I think that that's pretty wise. smart. That would, that would cause me yeah. a lot of anxiety. Yeah. I think that's probably why I don't follow a training plan or never even have looked at one. Because if I looked, I have trouble with following rules and authority and if I looked at something that said you have to run 80 miles this week, I would be like, no, I don't. No, I don't have to. So that's probably why. So what do you do? Like, what do you do? Do you just set up like per week? Like, I want to run a total of 50 miles this week and then just kind of go from there. Like, wh- how, do you, how do you approach it? Yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, you heard Rob talk last time. He's like, well, I just decide I'm going to run in this direction for a few hours. Like, That's kind of how we train. And I don't, you know, for across the years, I really only trained for about six weeks because I had an injury and that's all I had left. 
and I, I never ran farther than a 45 mile week and I never did more than a 21 mile run. That was it. And I ran a hundred miles on it. And I, two days later, I felt great. So I'm a little bit hesitant to want to jump into a training program that says I have to run 80, 90 miles a week, whatever, because I know when I try to do that, I get injured. Right. So I'm not sure. I mean, I hope Hmm. it isn't making me overconfident, but I'm like, well, I don't really need to put in all those miles and then get myself into trouble, but I'm not sure I'm going to pursue a high mileage training program. So does this ultra ladies training program include other stuff? Like you have the strength training, Angela, is that your own kind of regimen that you've added in or is that theirs? It is. Okay. No, it's mine. It's just after digging through, you know, multiple strength training stuff and all of the different, you know, five best exercises for runners, (laughs) you know, all of the different ones and, and, um, knowing which ones there's a few exercises like that my chiropractor has you know been telling me you really need to do these and then i was seeing a pt a couple years ago and and so just some different stuff like that and i know where my weak links are i mean i know that the uh i end up getting with some piriformis Syndrome, and I don't even, I, I hate to say syndrome, it's just that I'm very aware of the piriformis muscle in my butt, which is extremely inconvenient because I, I feel it and then I push on it and rub on it. So I'm constantly walking around rubbing the top of my butt, which, <laughs> you know, <laughs> makes for interesting conversation in the grocery store. But um, so I know, you know, I mean, I know that's my weakness and like Uh my lower back and then I had that IT thing and I know they're all connected I know it all has to do with hip strength I know it all has to do with those stability muscles and so I know you know I mean it's not a isolated thing and so I know that I've got to work on those single-legged things and the balance and the strength in my feet and the strength in my core and my abs and you know and the only way I'm going to do it on a regular basis is if I look at that schedule and it says, this is is what you're doing today. And I, I, it may be why we, part of the reason we get along, I understand the being rebellious thing. Like I totally get that, but it's almost for me, the, the running and the exercising is my form of rebellion. (laughs) If that makes any sense. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, I, I almost am, more rebellious about doing it it's like oh no i'm gonna do this yeah you know it's almost like the opposite thing just watch don't tell me i can't just watch me run and so i get real (laughs) you just watch me do an 80 you know (laughs) and and i don't know either and i i but i think it's good that we'll have each other maybe to there's some balance there that i think we'll have because you know i can also get real tunnel vision and go no it says i've got to do this miles this week and it's like okay yeah but you know your butt muscle has been cramping for three days maybe you should take a break you know so it's good to have a a balanced view on the training i think yeah absolutely i mean i i definitely used to be incredibly structured when i first started running marathons in my early 20s and i would print out the 
I think it was the Hal Higdon novice marathon running program. Yeah. And I stuck to that religiously and it was very stressful for me. And I know I actually wasn't able to run the first marathon that I signed up for because whatever that week was, I was supposed to do this run and that run and that run. And, you know, I didn't, I was so new. I didn't really pay attention to the signs of injury and I got myself really injured because I was just so obsessed with sticking with those numbers. Um, and as the years have worn on, I mean, I think it's just like, as the years have worn on, I've gotten more comfortable with it. And yeah, I've never followed a training plan for any ultra, but I do, I do have in my mind, like, I'd like to make this a 70 my 75 mile week or whatever, something like that. And I'll just kind of make it happen. But I, I think I need to learn from you too. And probably look up a real training program. <laughs> well, what's yeah. funny is I'm actually kind of in between both of you. I, I, I like the idea of the training plan. I like having some guidance there because sometimes when I go in there blindly, I have, I, I have no idea. And then I get lost and I'm like, Oh, but I also like, um, not being, set into specific mileage that, oh my gosh, I have to run eight today. Oh, I have to run four. I need to do 20. And what I did with this last training was I kind of tailored it to, I knew how my week was going to go. Like, I know I need to do a 20. I know I need to do it back to back. But I also like that um, it's not so set and rigid that I have to set those miles, but I also like that, you know, oh, I just need to do general, um, you know, 20 to 30 miles, which is what I, I did for this week. I didn't have any set mileage. I didn't know what I needed to do. I just know in general for my tapering is that I need to do, I wanted to do 20 to 30. Now, nobody told me that. Nobody, I didn't read any schedule that says, okay, you have to run 20 to 30. I just said, I'm doing my own thing. I'm just going to do 20 to 30. Now, I don't know if I'm going to reach it. I'll probably be on the lower end. But I'm definitely in between, you know, both of you that I use both things. So yeah. we're all like a perfect match. We are. Yeah. We really create <laughs> a good balance. Yeah. We're the three peas in a pod. We are. <laughs> so, Christina, do you want to tell us about how the tapers going? And the universe up, works well. Yeah, the lead up to your race. Do you suffer from taper madness? Um. Or will you now? Because I mentioned You know, it. that's so funny. You see that? Well, you know, I know many people suffer from the taper crazies. And I remember you had said that, taper crazies. And I love that. But I, I kind of enjoy the crazies. There's something about it. I love reaching that pinnacle. This is my last long weekend of mileage. Like, oh, my God. And now it's all downhill from here. I like that. I I like resting the legs. And this week I actually rested them just too much. <laughs> I mean, rested like seriously too much, like as in zero. But um, today was my first run all week. It was it was kind of a challenging week. We had just this torrential rain all week. Not that that's a really big excuse, but I was so tired for some reason. And I literally slept through alarms and I, I know me at the end of the day, I'm more of a morning runner. If I don't get it out of the way, I, I'll make excuses. Mm -hmm. And I try not to do that. But I, I mean, I know myself so well that it's really difficult for me in the evening and it's dark and I just want to get home and the week, you know, the day is long. So um, 
it did not. I, I definitely had my fair share of challenges this week. And unfortunately, it was just one of those weeks. Now, I can look back and beat myself up over it saying, oh, my gosh, I, I'm just going to do horrible at this at this race next week. But I mean, the fact of the matter is the bulk of my training is done. There's really nothing I can do now that could be severely detrimental to the race, um, at least not positively. I think negatively, probably, it can go in a different direction. But I would rather go into this race a little undertrained than overtrained because I've definitely heard, you know, stories that I just, I mean, I know somebody who has um, suffered from some exhaustion from, from, you know, training and it's tiring. So I like the tapering. Um, um, Lately, I've been feeling a little bit more tired and I, it's normal for me to feel a slight burnout, you know, after weeks and weeks of training. And that's always been pretty normal for me. I get to the point where I say, you know, somebody asked me today, are you ready? And I said, yeah, I'm kind of ready for it to be over with at this point. And the butterflies probably won't kick in until Thursday ish. And that's always the case for me. I just get, I'll start thinking about it more like, oh my gosh, in two days, I'll be doing this. Um, But it's like the calm before the storm. I start asking myself all these, what if, you know, what if I forget something? You know, what if I forget how to run? What if I forget (laughs) my bottle? What if I forget forget where I'm going? Um, You know, what if I get lost? It's all these things. And that anxiety and that nervousness is always there before but it's like once I start once I start moving it just kind of just all goes away and I become focused on putting one foot in front of the other and just doing what I need to do just keep moving you know stay vertical keep moving that's what I just try to keep telling myself so I I think I'm ready I'm yeah, I mean, the training is done. I know I did the best I could. Yeah. And I, I'm looking forward to it. I really like this race. I, I really do. I was talking to somebody today about this race. And I really like San Diego 50. It's, it's a good course. It's very, um, and luckily, you know, I've done it before. So I know what's to come. Now that can be a good thing. And that could be a bad thing. Some people are like, oh, I'm already anticipating what's to come. But it's it. I like it as a positive because I know where the little tricky parts are, and it's not very technical. And there's all this different terrain. It's not just you know. It's not technical. There's some portions that are kind of kind of tricky a little bit footing wise, but there's also gravelly portions. There's like a pavement portion. There's nice buttery trails. Um, you know, portion of it. There's the water crossings. There's some climbs to it, not a whole lot, but there are definitely some some steep um, climbs, short ones, kind of fairly longer ones, and it's just a nice variety. And I tell people that you know if you've done a 50 miler, if you you know you look into a PR, this is a great course to do it on because of the fact that there's not huge climbs and it's fairly flat compared to bigger races or uh, more technical mountainous races. So um, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm doing, I'm doing this race with a friend of mine 
who unfortunately couldn't couldn't do it with me last year, but she's doing it this year. And this is not only her first uh, 50 mile, it's actually her first ultra. Awesome. So, wow. yeah, so we're, we're going to do it together. I don't know if we'll run together the whole time. You know, she's a pretty strong runner. And I told her, you know, if you feel good, you know, this is your race just as much as, you know, it is mine. So if you feel good, you know, take off, do your thing. And because if I'm having a great race, you know, if I'm feeling great and you're not, believe me, I'm taking off. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to so, set that up in advance, you know, so nobody is surprised. Yes, is. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're not obligated to run together the whole time. And, yeah. she, you know, she says, well, maybe we'll start off and we probably will start off together. Um, but at some point we might just, and we've done this before in other races where we've kind of leapfrogged each other. Like she passes me, I pass her and it just kind of goes back and forth. Now, if she passes me and just takes off, you know, I'm more than happy to just, you know, have her do her thing. And, um, which I hope she does, you know, we're not, you know, we train together. Well, we're having a trail run tomorrow, our last one, and we're only going to do, you know, a couple hours. So, um, we're, I think we're ready. I definitely think we're ready. So um, I'm excited. I'm really excited. And I wrote my my my, uh, my list out. I I always construct a list because um, I will forget stuff. I really will. So I look from head to toe everything that I need for the race, and then I start you know moving towards my hydration pack. Well, what do I need to have in it? And then drop bag. What do I need to have in a drop bag? Um, and we will have one drop bag um, in the 2030 station because it's an out and back course. Okay. So um, we'll, we'll be able to get our drop bag twice. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. So this time next week, I will probably still be on the course on next Saturday. <laughs> so Wow. That's okay. That's okay. As long as I finish. My only goal at this point is to, to finish. And that's always been the case with these ultras is just finish. If I get a PR, great, which I'm hoping – I do, and I'm hoping I just pass the section before the coyotes start, you know, start howling. That's that's. I still that's my haven't goal. figured out what you do if you come if you come across coyotes. I don't know. <laughs> I've heard them howling, and I just go the other way. Yeah. You know, on our last trail run, <laughs> we had a couple of we run into them, and they just really the experience I've had is that they just stare. Yeah. Like they're just staring at us like, what are these people doing? And I don't know what we're supposed to do. And then some people were like running right by them and with nothing, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm in their territory. I'm in their natural environment. Uh, This is not my natural environment. I, I don't want to infringe on them. I give them as much space as possible. If I have to hang back, I will and just let them go because I don't know. They're they're wild animals. I don't know how they're going to, you know, approach me. They could attack. Maybe we have an expert out there. Maybe somebody has some experience. So maybe (gasps) somebody listening knows what you should do should you come across. um, We say coyotes in my house, not coyotes, (laughs) but coyotes. Come across coyotes. What are you? What are you supposed to do? You know, that's. I think that's. You know, I think good information yeah. to have. So Please. somebody out there knows. Yeah. You know, give us a. Leave us a comment. And let us know. We'll spread the word. 
And at some point, I think we should do one for all wild animals, like bears and snakes yeah. and, and mountain lions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's another one, mountain lions. Yeah. yeah. Well, with mountain lions, I know you're supposed to stand tall and make yourself bigger, like wave your arms and, like, talk really loudly. Yeah. Not that I'd want to test that out anytime soon. <laughs> so, so yeah, so tapering is done. Um, last week, I'll probably keep my mileage fairly low. Um, I, you know, I, I don't have a set um, mile uh, mileage set for this week. I would probably like to do anywhere from, I think, seven to 10 miles before the race. Yeah. You know, maybe a three, four, two-ish. And do you have a specific strategy for, for running this race since you've run it before? Do you have a, a strategy going into it, like a running, run, walk system? or, or, Some, or somebody, somebody told me this, and I, and I loved it. She says, you know, if it's not horizontal, hike it. Mm-hmm. And while there's some climbs in here, there's, there's some little little hills. So I will probably still run up those. Um, but my, you know, 50 miles, it's, I mean, in Angela, I know coming soon, you, you will have this and Melissa, you've done this is that for this race, what's great about it is that because it's an out and back, there's like an aid station every five ish miles. So how I approach it is not think about, oh my gosh, I have 25 miles out and I have 20, you know, 25 miles back, which those 25 miles back can feel like, you know, 60 miles. So I always focus on, okay, just get to the next aid station. My first aid station is, I think, a little less than six miles. And then it's like four or five miles, the next one. Just get to that next aid station. And this is also a very spectator-friendly race, now, which is very uncommon in a lot of ultras. There's, you know, you're in a you know mountain range and it may not be so accessible for people to get to certain areas. And this one has has points along the course where people can go in. And I think the starting at about mile 10 and then 15 and 20 is pretty spectator friendly. So a lot of people are, are, are on the course, which is nice. You see a lot more people cheering, which is great. So if I can get just to that next aid station, um, that, that will be, you know, very helpful. So that's, that's all I'm focused in. But I learned my lesson last time where I did not refill my water bottle after mile 30. And I thought it was pretty full and it turns out it wasn't. And I literally ran out of water between miles 30 and 35. And I was so parched. Oh, no. And I, I was, I had no energy. I had a goo or um, I had, um, I had a, like a gel. I think it was uh, the, oh, it was the, the pocket fuel, the pocket fuel natural the little nut butter, I had one of those. And I couldn't even take it because I had no water right. with me. So my energy was waning. I I couldn't really run that that well. I was so tired and I was thirsty. Like my mouth was starting to get, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not drinking enough water. I did drink enough water, but I drank it all. And the funny ironic thing is at that portion is that there's a lake to the right of you 
And I'm like, I can't even drink this water. <laughs> There's a whole like water right there. Like I just can't even drink it. And it was just torture. So I've learned my lesson. This time I'm not leaving mile 30 without making sure my, my hydration pack is quite full. So, so hopefully that'll be, that'll be, you know, something good to remember for, for this time. You learn something every time and then you know that for the next time. Hopefully it goes yes. better. Hopefully. I think it will. I'm feeling yeah. very positive about it. So I'm feeling good. Start out slower. It was Rob told me before last one, start out slower than you think you need to go. And yeah. don't trash your legs before the coyotes come out because you ah, want to no. keep running. <laughs> it was awful. I heard those coyotes and I looked over and I can see like one of them or two of them pop their little head up and look in the direction of where the other howls were coming from. And right then I just stopped. I'm like, okay, just don't, don't stop. Just keep going. So I kept walking. And then right then, right when I passed it, I just took off. Uh And then I saw, I remember seeing a little bunny and I said, coyote, that's your dinner. Yeah. (laughs) That coyote's more interested in the bunny than you. I'm pretty sure. It is. It is, even though I'm probably a little more juicier than a little bunny, a little more meatier, but that's okay. Just go for the bunny. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's my goal. So we'll see this time next week. We'll see if I can pass the coyotes. It's going to be great. Or the, the coyotes. Now I'm going to start thinking about that. I'm going to start calling you coyotes. Coyotes. Yeah. They're coyotes in my house. Okay. So, um, I think that pretty much wraps it up. If there's anything else. I think we're good. I think we're good. We covered what we said we were going to cover. Nice. Well, what did your training week look like, um, Angela, this week? Um, well, I had a couple days off this week because I ended up getting sick <clears throat> Wednesday. So I ran a fever for a couple, three days. Today's the first day that I've gotten out. So I had sort of a short week. I didn't get any long run time in this week. Um, so we'll see how I feel tomorrow. I may try and get out and just go do some trail hiking, which I think will still be good for training. Yes. And, um, but otherwise I think I have, um, runs scheduled for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and just short runs, two, three, four miles, strength and core work. And then, um, I'm just going to repeat this week since I missed my long run. So I'll probably do like eight I think I have like an eight and an eight for next weekend. So, <clears throat> so I'll know that you're out running 50. So I won't be able to do any whining about my eight miles. <laughs> so. Whining is allowed. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I'll probably just kind of work on repeating this week since I was just horrible. Yeah. I just. Yeah. down for the count for about 48 hours it was horrible okay well at least you're on the mend and you're feeling better i am on the mend you are but running a fever instead of running next week i know well i, get I to went run. out today yes i did go run like just over a mile today went men ran my little one mile loop and i oh my gosh it felt so good to get out so nice yeah very good and melissa are you gonna have any training plan this week too um I'll probably just Snow. head out in that direction and run for a while. <laughs> That's the 
Ragfield family training plan? Um, no, it just <laughs> depends on how I feel and what what's going on with the snow. If I can get out on the trails or try to run on the icy sidewalks, which what's going to be better? Just try to do a little bit. Well, you be careful on those icy yeah. sidewalks. I'll try. Do you ever use those yak tracks? Oh, I do. I've used every imaginable type of product. And we could devote a whole episode to how terrible I am at running on ice and how I dislike yeah, it so hard. intensely. But yeah, there will be a traction invite, a device involved if I have to get out there. But yeah. And I will be well, thinking about you, Christina, doing your big oh. run. And looking well, forward you. to our next episode, which will be you telling us about it. So yes, yes. Um, if I survive, yes, I will be here. You will. You will. <laughs> of course, you I will. I will. I will. I will. Okay, I think this pretty much wraps it up. All right. Awesome. Okay, so um, just one last note um, for our listeners: if they could, um, you know, be sure to subscribe. Because we are on uh, Ron iTunes, and if you could please leave a review and comment about the show, that would be really much appreciated. Okay. Or any expert advice about coyotes? Yeah, We're definitely a coyote expert. <laughs> definitely, and leave a, uh, leave a comment on our website at ultraordinary.run. and or you can you can tweet us at ultra underscore ordinary on twitter so i think that's good all right thank you everybody yes thank you for listening have a good week